the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's with the help of folks like yourself that Derek Rear Ministries can bring God's life-changing and impactful gospel to over 100,000 people around the world each week. Please consider partnering with Derek Rear Ministries to help spread God's message even further via radio, television, and the internet. Getting started is easy. Go to DerekGreer.com. That's DerekGreer.com. And select the green Donate button at the top right of the screen. Thank you and God bless. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us. Today we will hear a classic message from our archives that we believe will be a blessing to you and give you principles to live big in Christ. Let's get into the Word as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. Just the other day, my boy came home. He got in a fist fight. And I know pastor's kids, you know, they're supposed to be the little wonderful little boys. Sorry. <laughs> you know, that, that just confirmed. Like, Holy Ghost, yeah, I got I to gotta get him in a different sense. No. I, you know, I, explain to me what happened. And, and actually, it's almost difficult because if someone does that to you, you're supposed to respond. He wasn't preaching the gospel where he needed to turn the other cheek. The Bible said we don't advance the gospel with the sword, but you do protect yourself and the people around you. Okay. But wait, wait. Now, see, what you're going to do is tell your kids, go to school and beat up on everybody. Say, Bishop told me. I'm not saying what I'm saying. But I, I was a little bit torn. And I was like, if I was in Christian school, I wouldn't be so torn. I was like, do I say kudos, you know, you know high five? Or... You know, he said, did he win? He did just, he did, he did just fine. You're all bad people. But I was secretly proud of him. Okay. Uh, I'm in process, too. Um, so I kind of had to hide my, my, my feelings. I was like, son, you know, you only fight if you have to fight. Like, Dad, in that situation, he hit me. What, should I? Yes, son, but listen, when you see the kid tomorrow... There's a way to make this thing right. Let's make it right. And son, also the truth is if you let people hit on you, you walk away, they're going to hit on you again. Frankly, I didn't want to have to teach that lesson. I could avoid it in the easiest circumstance. But that's the assignment for my children. And then that's one child. Now, maybe David, when he gets old enough, we'll pull him out. I don't know. But the point is, you think that you know, if God's with you and you're really walking with God, he'd always keep you in these safe places and the devil could never get to you. But that's not the case. My boys have had to learn 
to roll up their sleeves and put Vaseline on their face a little. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm serious. There's some situations, no, really, that I want to overprotect my kids and keep them from. The Lord's like, no, let those boys go. I'm like, are you sure? They got knives in there sometimes. Let, my, let them go. I'm like, okay, boy, believe me. See, this is where faith is sometimes. It's not always protecting your child. It's like, let them go. And I'm like, God, keep them. Don't, don't let them get hurt. Give them wisdom. But I've watched God. He's so much. I would have messed my kids up, frankly. They'd be a mess right now. But my kids are learning. Now I sound like I'm bragging on my kids. Oh, boy. Uh, but they're learning to handle themselves. They're, 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 they're not always doing everything just right. But they're growing in a way suitable to them. And as they get older, they're going to be able to talk to people in a way that other people can relate to. And, and they, they would have dealt with things that other people relate to. Let me tell you something. My boys are young. They've already gotten offers. And me and him have had conversations about, you know, what he said and what he did. But I think the fact that him and his dad can talk about these type things have kept him okay. This far. But let me say something else. A lot of y'all sending your kids to Christian school. Do you think over there? Do you really? Sometimes they have as many problems, if not more. So I messed up the message and maybe offended some of you. I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Um, you know, you think, you know, I'll protect them and you hurt them. God is a better father than I am. So with Paul, he's like, no, Paul needs a devil. No, that Paul needs a devil. I know that sounds crazy, but Paul, you're too smart. You are one of the most brilliant people on this planet. Again, you went to the Harvard of Harvards or under Gamia. You are too, you need a devil in your life. And sometimes you say, God, why did you let this happen? Why is this in my circumstance? Because listen, if I don't let it be, you're going to get the big head. You're going to be so full of yourself, so proud, I can't even use you anymore. So I'm going to let the devil do something. Now, listen, I'm going to be with you as the devil's moving. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to protect you. But you're still going to have to deal with this circumstances, stance until you win, and you're going to win on the terms I give you. He said, I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself but about my weaknesses. He said, even if I should boast, I, I would not be a fool because I'd be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one think more than, than they are. And he goes on to say some other thing. Then he says in the middle of seven, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given what? A thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to what? Torment me. And he said three times, three seasons of prayer, he went after God. He said, God, listen, everywhere I go, people are persecuting me. People are throwing rocks at me. I, I start a church. The church divides and matter of fact, when we get to the end, we'll see what his problems were. It was persecution, insults, and all the rest. That was the thorn in the flesh. Satan was stirred up wherever he went. And you would think if God was really with him, again, he'd be on a magic carpet just preaching down to the cities and go on to the next. But no, this man needed, I know this sounds crazy, but until he had a glorified body and his soul was totally glorified like his spirit, he needed to face some things to keep him from thinking he was more than he was. He said, three times I pleaded with the what? Lord. His circumstances drove him to his knees. In the book of James, it says, is anyone troubled? He's speaking to the church. Let him pray. Trouble has a way of driving us to our knees. The challenge, the, the problem is, often when there's no trouble, there's no praying. So sometimes in God's love, he releases trouble so your soul can be saved. 
so that you can reach out to God again. He said, Lord, if you love me, it wouldn't happen. He said, because I loved you, public school, because I love you, that wife, that husband, sometimes it's that child, because I love you, it's that boss, and you know he got a devil. He manifests every time you come in the room. Yeah. He said, God, why? He says, I love you too much not to let you have an adversary or obstacles to deal with. Lest you begin to get a higher estimation of yourself than you should. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. Now, he remembers three times because this was not typical for him. He prayed one time and thing was fixed. Then if he had to pray a second time, it's like, okay, it's different. Okay, I'll pray again. But he's like, this time was different. You know, normally God answers and gives me just, you know, he, he meets the need. But this one area of my life, any of you like that? God has handled all these other areas. You got this one area of your life. You talk to the Lord one time, two times. You hear what I'm saying? Same problem. And everybody got that one area. Some of y'all got two, three. You hear what I'm saying? He said, I pleaded with the Lord. I got on my knees. God, I was at the end of myself. Here I am, all this revelation, I can't even build a church. Then they fight with me and argue with me. What's wrong with me, God? I pleaded three times, Lord, take it away from me. But here's the thing. Some things you can pray through, but other things only God can bring you through. It's just that way. And I want everything to be something I can pray through. But God said, no. Jesus, listen, even Jesus at Gethsemane, he couldn't pray through it. He had to say, not my will, I'll do it. He couldn't, there was no prayer that could fix God's will. He couldn't pray through. Some things you can't pray through, you just got to go through with God. And this was one of those areas that God was not going to lower the bar bar for Paul. He wasn't going to change his plan. He knew what the man of God needed. He knows exactly what you need. The third time he prays, God finally speaks to him. That's why we shouldn't give up praying. God didn't give him exactly, he didn't give to him what he wanted the way he wanted, but God answers him. He said, My grace is enough. My grace is sufficient. What I got working on the inside of you is enough. I'm not going to change the outside. Grace had to do what's going on inside Paul. But Paul said, deal with these devils out here. He said, no, no. I'm going to strengthen you on the inside. I'm going to strengthen you to go through it and to deal with it, but I'm not necessarily going to stop it. He said, my grace is sufficient. Now, listen, Paul, in the end, you will win. In the end, you're going to have a level of freedom. In fact, Paul, you don't really understand what I'm setting you up for. The whole world is going to be reading your, 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 your sermons. The, the whole, everybody. You, you don't understand what you, what you really got. But I, listen, man, if, if you had a revelation of what you were doing when you're writing these letters. Now, he had a sense of it. But if he had a full revelation that I spent every Sunday preaching every word that came out of that man's mouth. If people around the globe would do the same. If people would pray the prayers that he, if he had any idea, he could start thinking that he was the second coming of Jesus. You see, when, when God calls you high, he often also has to take you low. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. And then in the next clause of the sentence, he explains what grace is for my power. Grace is not an escape clause, you know, well, you know, God's grace will cover it as I sin. No. Grace is power that you don't sin. You don't run away. You don't walk away. You don't do that thing. It's power. You got me? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
And this says something that's really rich. God's power has to be made perfect in our lives. And that term perfect in the original language speaks of a piece of fruit ripening. And if I take an apple before it's ripe, I'll get a bellyache. I'll get sick. I got to wait to the fullness of time. And even though the apple is good, I mean, it's a good thing. But if I take it too early, and what God is saying, if I give you power before you realize you're weak, it makes you sick with the big head. So, Paul, I need you to get a revelation of your weakness. I need you to understand that you are just a man. Because let me tell you something. If everyone starts applauding you, Paul, you might start believing their applause. So, Paul, until I'm satisfied with your revelation of your weakness, things are not going to change. You know, you, you may be saying, I got some circumstances in my life. If I play long enough, pray long enough, if I fast 40 days, 40 nights, God will fix it. And God said, you know what? Not, not. When you finally humble yourself. You see, when you finally realize that you, you, you're not all that. When you finally realize that, 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 that you are not Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful. You're just people in need of a savior. You're just people God is happy to touch and love. When, when you realize that, as the psalmist says, when, when you realize your frame is but dust, then you start becoming ready. If God would have gave me half the things that he's given me when I was 20 years old, I'd be a mess. I wasn't ready. I start thinking I was wonderful. I was exceptional. I am remarkable. But, you know, I, all those years, those years without, those years of struggle taught me that without him, I'm nothing. And, and, and it taught me, you know what? As saved as I am, I remember the first time I went on a fast. I was in college. It, was three, it wasn't a fast, to be honest. I had no money. But I spiritualized it and called it a fast. <laughs> I'm serious. I went three days without food. I'm so proud. I went, and I had a pride. I would not ask anybody for nothing. I'm going to make my way. I'm going to pay my way. I'm going to handle my business. I wouldn't ask nobody for nothing. So I'm hungry. I remember walking into the Safeway. I remember right where it was on Florida Avenue. And I remember walking into the store. And it took everything within me not to steal. I was too proud to ask somebody, but everything in me is, you know, they'll never miss that piece of bologna there. You hear what I'm saying? And listen, I've been saved. I'm speaking in tongues. I've seen some things in the spirit. And here I am. I feel like stealing. And sometimes God has to remind you of your weakness. That's, that's really what fasting is about. To remind you, man, you, your frame is but dust. You live in need. And that was one way God dealt with my pride. And he's been working on it ever since. You see, a gift can be a dangerous thing. It can be the most dangerous thing you ever experience. But God loves us too much to, to allow us to get big-headed. And if you are big-headed, believe me, it's in spite of every red light, every obstacle God's put in your way. Because that's not God's nature. That's not the way he, he does things. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect or comes to maturity when you are at the end of yourself. If this is often where God has to take me. I, I walk with God, and we'll start something. And at first, I won't know what I'm doing. But then I'll do it for a while and listen, follow his steps. And then by the end of it, I pretty much know what I'm doing. But I walk with God enough that, to know that whenever I start knowing what I'm doing, it's time for next. I'm in danger when I start knowing how to do what I'm doing. 
So what God does is, here I am safely in a boat. You know, Peter was a fisherman. He knew how to fish. He was, he was, he was in his element. He was doing what he knew to do. What did Jesus say? Too safe. He said, Peter, yeah, you know boats, but you don't know how to walk on water. So I'm going to call you out of the place called safe. And once you get out here, where it's dangerous. But what's, what's amazing about, about God is he calls you often into your weakness. You would say, well, if God really called Peter, he would have walked all the way to Jesus. No, Peter started walking and then he started singing. He called him with weakness as well. And you think weakness would disqualify you for the call. No, 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 no. Everyone who's ever been called has some weaknesses. So he begins to walk. He begins to sing. But because he does something, God catches him and keeps him from drowning. And that's the process. Often, once you get comfortable, once you, you set your perimeter and, and uh, you know, you got everything managed well, often God will say, uh, you know, you did a good job. Great. You know, you, you, you're managing things well. You're handling things well. Let's go and do something now you don't know to do. You know how to do $10,000. So now I'm going to put you into $20,000. And you know what? You're going to blow the first $3,000 because you really don't know what you're doing yet. You hear what I'm saying? And, and he has a way. When, whenever you get comfortable, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's because he loves you. He'll, he'll, he'll say, okay, you got that. Kudos. But now let's step into what you don't have. And then you spend the next few steps kind of wobbling around. And then after a while, you get that. And then God says, next. And then he sends you into something else. That you will never get bored with God because there will always be a next with him. And whenever you, if, if you know exactly everything that's going on in your life, everything is set just perfectly, and it's been like that for five years, you're not in the will of God. Some of you have come out of churches where you knew exactly when the, the piano and the, org, the organ was going to play. You knew exactly where the preacher was going to kick out his leg. You knew exactly <laughs> when his thing was going to go in his throat, and, and you, you knew when it was coming, and you could predict it every service. And you were comfortable because you knew what was happening and you knew that. You know where you were going to sit, you know exactly what you were going to do, and you knew you were gonna, I'm not going to upset you too much. But then God sent you here. And you have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> from Sunday to Sunday. No clue. God just has a way of taking you out of what's comfortable for your good and bringing you into a place where you have to experience your weakness. And you have to say, Lord, I can't. Lord, I don't know how to pastor this church. Lord, I don't know how to run this business. Lord, I don't know how to handle that boss. Lord, I don't know that child. God, Lord, help me. I don't know what to say to that child. And you say, God, if you love me, why? He said, because I love you. I gave you a child with that type of personality that's going to grate on you just that way. For for 18 years. Till my work is done. He's wise. He knew exactly what he was putting into your womb. He knew exactly. He knew exactly the type of parents that you needed to bring out in you everything that God has brought out. See, God is wise. But, but he, 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 in order for us to really experience the strength of God, we have to be willing to embrace our personal weakness and limitations. See, my, my wife, she's got this down to a, a, a science. Um, my, my wife, when we were first married, um, there's this, this other lady that kind of uh, uh, liked me a little bit, and we, we were friends. And a lady asked me, but she actually asked me at a time that I was kind of feeling the Holy Spirit, where you're a little more honest than you should be. Um, why are you with her? And um, she didn't quite say it that way. She said it a little better than that. But I, I made a comment. Like, she let me open the door for her. I know you didn't get that. 
this young lady, she was raised in a situation, we don't need a man. I do it myself. I handle this myself. I don't need nobody. I, so why do you want me? <laughs> but my wife, see, my wife would act like a girl. And it bring out the man in me. She paused a little bit before I get to the door. And then I want to. <laughs> you see, she was raised right. Raise your girls to be girls and let a man act like a man. And my wife, let me tell you something. This is a secret. This, 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 this is a secret. No, not a person, but it's a secret. It, it, listen, if you're out there in the dating world, this will help you. If you want to understand men, women, what a man responds to is not necessarily what you look like or all you have to offer, but how you make them feel. When I met her, I felt like such a man. She let me be. She draw, I, I didn't even have all those manners in me, but, but she, she draw on them. And, and it start, because she required that, and I, I, I felt a call. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a divine thing. We were struggling early in the early years. We were broke most of the time. And um, my wife said to me, and, I, you know, I was expecting her to berate me, you know, or something. She said, I know something, honey. If we were on a desert, desert island and we had nothing, it was just you and I, I knew, I know that you'd find a way to provide for me. It's like, yeah. I didn't want to let her down for nothing. I'm like, I'm going to find a way to get that woman some money. She's going to say something like that about me. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going to buy her some jewelry. I'm that type of man. You hear what I'm saying? That shoot, if I got a feet of my arm. Here, baby. But she, she brought it out of me. She brought it out of me. But y'all, some of you ladies, you need, to, you, need to, you need to learn. You need to learn. You see, her girl brought out the man in me. Or her woman, if you will. But you see, our human brings out the God in God. See, when you walk around like you God, God like, well, you go on and be God. You say you want me to open a door, you get through the door yourself. Not opening any more doors for you. That's why you keep bumping into doors. Because you're trying to be God. But God's saying if you show yourself a human, you recognize you have some weaknesses and some needs, then I'll be the God you need. But you acting like you all that, your education and everything, you got everything figured out. You don't need me. So I'll stand over there. And then it's little stupid people. It's little, little people that, not really, people like me who, who you know, you, you got, you smart and everything, but I'm dumb enough to, I'm, Lord, I'm stupid. And, and I'll go to, Lord, I don't have the answer. I don't know nothing. And it's like, yeah. And then he starts giving me all this stuff. And funny, at the time I leave God, I seem smarter than you. Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. I got to be honest, my intellect compared to God, I'm stupid. That is fair. I know nothing. Just be quiet in his presence. When I'm weak, I'm strong. When she's weak, she brings out my strength. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may what rest on me. You catch that? That is for, why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness. Put me up against the wall. Give me between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army. Because we're about to see a miracle from my God. Get me in a hard place. Get me out on a limb. Because when I'm weak and I'm at my wit's end, I can't figure it out. God starts to feel me. God starts to stand up on the inside. I say, that's my, that's my child. 
And he responds. He says, that's why I delight in weaknesses, in insults. You see, he doesn't run from places where he might do it, that might not, we might not do everything correct. He said, I delight in opportunities where I'm over my head. I delight in insult. When folks are talking about me, God's about to show himself strong. When, when, when I'm dealing with something hard, I can't, can't, I can't pay my bills, can't figure out, Lord, that, that's when you're about to do something. When, when people are persecuting, when people are talking ill against me, when I'm dealing with life's difficulty, then he goes on, he said, this is the way I wrap it all up. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. The problem with many of us is you're too strong. If you find your knees, if you find your knees, God will become a God, you become his man or his woman. And you will see what few people will ever see. Are you here with me? My prayer is you, you learn a few things today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at GraceChurchVATV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Are you a Christian leader, entrepreneur, or lifelong learner seeking to unlock your leadership potential? Dr. Derek Greer's Renaissance Leadership Network provides you with biblical principles and practical life lessons from top leaders, influencers, and experts across the world. It's time to remove limitations and start seeing world-class measurable results in your ministry, business, or otherwise. Go to rlnleadership.com and register for our next free monthly leadership session. That's rlnleadership.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.